this week on The Word of the Lord Endorse Forever, we continue on in James with a dead faith, faith in works, taming the tongue, a restless evil, and wisdom from above. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
reading from Job chapter 19. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and lead, they were engraved in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. O Lord, have mercy on us. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. He was were written that they were inscribed in a book what can we say some dreams do come true Job's words have been written down in a well-known book that has become a chapter in the best-selling book of all time it's even been made into a musical for I know that my Redeemer lives and at the last he will stand upon the earth and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall see him, and not another. Powerful. But are these words still welcome? Does Job's hope of resurrection still resonate? Thoughts of an afterlife have a certain appeal, especially as age and infirmity sickness and struggle have their day. But even then, I'm not so sure. Many would just assume escape from the body entirely. Many are just sick and tired of it all. Job, having gone through the ringer, rejoices that he will rise in his own flesh, shall see things with his own eyes. But other alternatives beckon. Hindus say we will rise up in some other body, which will go through cycles of washing, rinsing, and repeating until the soul finds its happy place. Buddhists of a certain stripe claim there will be 31 realms of existence into which a person may be reborn. I guess there's something comforting about vagueness, about a fuzzy future that can't be planned for. Roman Catholic purgatory functions this way. 
It takes pressure off of this life, like a student being granted an incomplete for work that may never be done. Taking homiletics classes back in the day, it was commonly said that at a funeral, the preacher could tread lightly as the law was present in the coffin. But who gets buried anymore? Urns are threatening to make caskets as common as a home phone. Surely economic concerns are at play, but there's more. Many religions seem, see creation as a way to free the soul from the body, as if loosening a lid, as if taking off the chains so that we might let that bird fly. In the afterlife sweepstakes, a dark horse has moved to the front of the pack. As strange as it may seem, many seek annihilation. I was nothing before I came into this world and will be nothing afterwards. This is the gospel of nothingness. It's a variation of the Buddha, a state in which there is no suffering, nothing to live or die for, no hell below us, above us only sky, and the congregation may sing, I am comfortably numb. But there's another aspect to all this. I really doubt that resurrection per se is the problem. I doubt that people really want to be bodiless, bodiless being, beings. Islam still speaks of its virgins, and Mormonism offers planets. And by hook or crook, they're still filling the seats. And people still speak longingly about going to that great fishing hole or golf course in the sky. But in these visions, God plays little part. He remains a comfortably distant relative. We might want to rise again on the last day, but it's the rest of Job's confession that rubs many the wrong way. Job says, I shall see God. I shall see him for myself. Job longs for the beatific vision, awaits the joy and splendor of God's presence. But what about us? Do I want to go to my high school reunion after 40 years? I'm still debating. There are some people you might think that you'd rather never see again. Adam and Eve, having been exposed, hid in the bushes, not wanting to see or be seen by the one who created them. I wonder what Isaac felt like when Ishmael returned for dad's funeral. I imagine it would have been strained, though they'd certainly have stories to tell. Jacob was probably a little nervous about meeting up with Esau. Sorry about that pottage thing. Peter might have wondered if there'd be hell to pay for his denials. Judas found a grim, though temporary, escape. And I think it's that way with the resurrection. That will rise from the dead. Well, that sounds good. Ditto that we will live forever. But our people are not so sure they want to see Christ. Yet in my flesh I will see God, whom I shall see for myself. Job does not fear, but instead he sings, for I know that my Redeemer lives. And that makes all the difference. He's not just my God. He's not just my Savior, the one who helps me out. He's my Redeemer, the one who's paid the price for my sin, the one who's made atonement, the one who can make reunion 
a happy thought. Now, Job's an interesting case. He didn't like phony preaching, the false and easy accusation of sin. He refused to plead guilty, to rub ashes in his face for things he hadn't done. Job wouldn't have groveled at the world's accusations, the kind that throw other Christians under the bus, the kind of accusations that come against Christians for acting like Christians. He wouldn't confess sin that was no sin, nor would he apologize for the faithful. But he knew real sin, and of that he repented, and for that he sought a remedy. If a king has 10,000 soldiers and approaches an army with 20,000 men, he would probably do pretty well to come to terms. So also now is the time to come to peace with God. Bad blood must be handled with shed blood. With my eyes, my own eyes, I shall see God, not only face to face, but I shall see the scars, the side where the spear was thrust, the hand and the feet through which the nails were pounded. And knowing that, I will rest in peace and await the resurrection of the flesh. Confident that Christ is Redeemer, I will meet the one who will come to judge the living and the dead. And my heart faints within me. Amen.
Lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, we may receive from you full pardon and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, you justify the ungodly and desire not the death of the sinner. Graciously assist us by your heavenly aid, and evermore shield us with your protection, that no temptation may separate us from your love in Jesus Christ our Lord. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all of our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Oh. Uh -huh. 